Uh, I'm gonna try to think of a thing. Yeah, good luck. Nothing. Good luck making this entertaining. <laughs> you don't have to think of a thing. Just well, the intro it. can be entertaining. Just the summary can't be. Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 325. I'm Chris, and joining me today are... Ames. Caitlin. And... Jakey! Oh, he's back. No, not Jakey's back. Back again. Jakey's back. Thank you. Run for your life. (laughs) Oh, no. Today we will be looking at Fusion and Rogue Planet. Oh, boy, it's certainly an, a week of enterprise, isn't it? <laughs> this was some TV that somebody made. Starting to regret this project. <laughs> let's, let's rewatch TAS instead. TAS, yeah, no, I think that's no. fine. No, let's just, I don't know, DS9 again, that's a good time. Nope, or we just, I would be this. much. I'd be much better, uh, much better able to comment on Deep Space Nine now, having watched it like four Seven times. Seven times. First up in Fusion. Ugh. It's picture day on the NX-1. Oh, class photos. But then some Vulcans show up. Oh, but, those guys. Wait, this is class photo day, right? Or is next week no, class No, it's the photo? next one. Fuck. Rogue Planet is class photo fuck. day. Sorry, there's, no, there's nothing good in Fusion, so. Yeah, this, <laughs> is, I, this, is, this is Nebula TV screen day. Do I cut oh, this? Oh, this is book. This is Archer looking in a book. Right, right. And t- asking T'Pol, do you recognize my book? And she's like, but it's your book. Why the fuck right. would I recognize? God well, damn I, I it, Archer. We'll let you start over and and then do the picture day joke in the second Nope, intro. Chris is keeping all this. I, I, I will decide during the edit. Uh, <laughs> I will be repeating myself about the picture day regardless, but we will find out if this stays or becomes the post credit or is deleted forever. We trust you for some reason. (laughs) So either way, first up in Fusion, it's the Arachnid Nebula. Spooky. Too bad it's not. Spider. uh, Arachnia. Yeah. Ah, Queen Arachnia. (laughs) Ooh, I love her. Yeah, yeah, but she's like not her. here. That sounds like that sounds like good Star Trek. Yeah, but then we don't we meet, tease us. We're 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 looking at the Arachnid Nebula, but then uh oh, the Vulcans are calling. Bummer. Archer's already minute. pissed. Wait a second, this ain't normal Vulcans. This is Vitosh Kator. Bless me. Oh wait, <laughs> that's what they call Vulcans without logic. So these proto Sarek, not Sarek, Jesus Christ, total Cybok. Proto Cybox are running around being all like. We still try to control our emotions. We just let them out a little. And, you know, there's a fun fat friend Vulcan. There's a Captain Vulcan that likes chicken. And then there's fucking Talaris. Ah, uh, Man, fuck this guy. Fuck yeah, that fuck man. The most, the most punchable face in the quadrant. Oh, he had a, he like, had a what? Who's it? Martin Shkreli face? Oh, every moment he was on screen, I wanted to pick up a two by four and break it across his face. Like, see, that fits that fits the puzzle, because I kept thinking he looked like an even worse Tobey Maguire. Sorry, Tobey Maguire. (gasps) I like Tobey Maguire. He's like Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire ate a gallon of smug. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or or if he accidentally was crossbred with Martin Shkreli. 
Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, a I gallon have thought, of I, smug. I love that. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about more about him later a lot. Probably mostly what we'll talk about, because this fucking monster realizes there was there was a little spark of rebellion there buried deep into Paul's bob wig. And he decides to, to kind of tease it out. But then he goes way too fucking far in the worst mind melts in Star Trek VI. Mm. Uh, and to his credit, Archer kicks him off the ship. And there's a B-plot where we fall back on the classic, you always have to forgive your parents even if they were awful just because they're dying. And then he's not dying after all, so what a ripoff. Aw, but Trip gets to be sweet about it. Yes, he does. So, yeah, so this, my first question about Talaris here. Kay. Man, don't, don't name your Vulcan child something that ends in Riss or they'll end up being awful. Penis? Valaris. Val- Val- oh, I get it. <laughs> um, I, I always assume it's a penis joke. No, no, no. With me, it's only a 50-50 chance. <laughs> um, so, like, I remembered this episode. It's like, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. So, for someone who hadn't seen it, like, it was still patently obvious from the word go that Talaris yeah. was going to be awful, right? Oh, yeah. Just his, just okay. seeing his face, you're like, oh, no. I can already tell if this guy drove up in an Uber, I would not get in. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember... A famous complaint Stephen King had about the casting of uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining is that he was like, well, of course he's going to go insane. It's Jack Nicholson. But <laughs> there it works. But he does it kind so of, well. He does. But you know, you're going to a Stephen King movie. Something's going to go wrong. In this, this casting kind of gives away the ending. Like, the guy is just so insufferable from the off. But is yeah, that but a I, casting I, thing or is that an acting thing? Like. Well, do you think I, 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 I haven't seen him in anything I, else, so I can't tell. That's true. Yeah. Well, either way. Yeah. If it's either way, it's they fucked up with that character. Either, you know, they like they should have either reined the actor in or if that was just his default mode, they shouldn't have cast him. You know, it's yeah, I definitely knew he was a piece of shit, but I didn't know how much of a piece of shit because I didn't make the um, I didn't draw the obvious conclusion from the title. Um, mm. Yeah, it's kind of an innocuous title. Well, that's the thing, though. If you don't know it's coming, you know, it, it's actually it probably kind of anything. a surprise that mind melds are apparently this forgotten, forbidden thing. Because we're just so from T.O. you know, TOS on. It's just been like, you know, it, how many times is fucking Tuvok turned on? I mean, let me try a mind meld. This might fix it every week. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I yeah. love mind melds. So, well, yeah, I mean, it, if you think about it, it's going to be like a mind meld is an extremely dangerous thing, if not done by somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing and if the vulcans have completely suppressed the practice in their society you know it's like uh if you make if you make mind melds illegal only criminals will do mind melds right hmm? oh boy or they at need least a second amendment for mind melding apparently <laughs> i just you know they didn't do a very good job of uh scrubbing the practice from the history books if this dickhead was able to find the manual <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the, oh yeah, the, the mind melds, no one uses them any- anymore, to the point that T'Pol has never even heard of one before. I mean, that in and of itself, I guess, isn't necessarily too weird, but what does feel strange is that within a century, they'll just be kind of back. Yeah, everyone well, especially does if this is how they're being fucking used, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the first mind meld in 300 years, and oh, it was a rapist. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Not to spoil anything, I hope, but it does get fleshed out later in the series, the mind meld situation. That's right. But I don't think they ever really get into, because I guess there's really no elegant way to do it, but we never do quite find out how it goes from 
this thing that was lost to, oh, yeah, it's just normal again by the time of TOS. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, speculate when we get there, I think. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I enjoy that. Uh, going so, back to our our, yes. our friend Tolaris, or our our fucking friend. man who man who should be locked up forever, Tolaris. No, Finny Tube, that fuck. Yeah, God, but I for hate real. Him. I hate him to death. Yeah, so I uh, today re-listened to an old episode of Intertractional that I'll probably put up on the Facebook because it's a very very like deep conversation about a couple different instances of mind rape in Star Trek and how they kind of compare to each other and how they're all fucking horrifying. Yeah, yeah. So this one's obviously on there. The others are Violations, Troy, the Troy, Troy episode. And Troy. No, Troy 7 and DePaul because they they also bring up Retrospect. Mm-hmm. They have to bring up 6, right? Yeah, Valeris. No, no they don't. Oh, that's that's like that's the like prototype. The most, yeah, that's like the the uh, in my opinion the most disturbing one. Hmm. If I'm only torn. because of the way it's acted. I'm, I'm kind of torn, actually, between this one and six. See, these yeah. ones are all, the ones in this episode are all like explicit, explicitly like sexual instances. That's why I'm a little more like, yeah, like creeped yeah. out by this one. It's very way, creepy. Like, like the thing with six is like it's 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 still wrong and horrible. And and again, it's that when we said this before, clearly that's the point. The whole point of the scene is like, this never should have happened. This is fucked up. This is one of Spock's biggest mistakes of his entire life. Yeah, check out our, our blog activities. We talked about it in how it's one of Spock's worst moments because it yeah. makes you feel so uncomfortable. But it's not necessarily framed. I mean, again, the metaphor is there, but it's not framed quite as sexually. Also, he goes in differently. Like from the off, Tolaris is really just predatory. Like his his intentions from the get go are are vile. It you can well, just like, tell. And there's to me something like again, not it's all bad. There, there's I'm not trying to parse badness here, but what is in a way it's almost more disturbing just the single quiet no over like Valeris's more pain shout. They're both terrible. I just don't know which one I hate more. Yeah, I don't think it's worth debating too much yeah which, no the more i talk about it the more i realize is the this is like one. yeah yeah like, yeah they're not they're, they're not in, they're not in competition thank god because no. yeah the answer but is the thing. No. they're both upsetting as fuck like like the thing this one is it's almost it's 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 very date rapey right oh, yeah because oh, absolutely. It's, it's not like it's not like he sneaks in and pins yeah, she her down and, him. and and melds yeah. her there no like she he like in a sense, not literally drugs her, but he convinces her to go you know, off her me- her uh, meditation r- routine, which fucks her up. Yeah. And then kind of lulls her into this sense of security and takes advantage of her. And then when she does say, you know, like, and at first she's kind of like, okay, okay, this is something. And then when it goes too far, she's like, okay, stop. And that's, and that's where it becomes a problem because he doesn't stop and she has to like physically separate herself from him, which yeah. is like, I, I can't like a, a sexual assault victim watching this episode would probably have, you know, a, a fucking P- PTSD incident just because of how allegorical it is. Yeah. Overtly. Yeah. yeah. Well, in so much of it, even like before they even begin, you know, he's like, I mean, we could just do standard guided meditation, but uh, it's just it's not as good. Like that is him explaining why he shouldn't have to wear a condom. Ugh. 
Well, here's like, a question. Uh, how how long had they been quasi seeing each other is the wrong word for it, but you know, interacting in this way? Because at one point Archer's like, oh yeah, the two of them, like at first T'Pol didn't want to be seen with him and now the two are practically inseparable. So was there a large passage of time there while they were studying no, it this like nebula? it was only like two days or something. Well, no, because he did. How long did he say the repairs were going to take? Four oh. days. I don't That's remember it, what I the think. repairs were going to take, but I remember them saying that it would take, it would take weeks, weeks to study the to... nebula on their own. That's what but was weeks. But then they yeah. said they were going to help, so it should be done quicker. Yeah, they said, yeah, and he didn't give us time. The captain was just like, yeah, it'll take significantly less time. Yeah. Like, is it? This is my question. And like. Is it effective? Is this like, like I was thinking, and maybe this is because of in light of other Star Trek, but like, I feel like they did a decent job, maybe, and maybe this is just me, maybe I'm wrong, but like, it feels like they took this more seriously than they've taken previous metaphorical assaults. They've always taken them seriously is the thing. And here's where, where you know, my listening to these other episodes um, in the intersectional episode brings a lot of this back to my to my memory in that in... The Troy episode in Violations, like, they believed Troy right away that something was wrong and they looked into it. And granted, that guy, that her fucking rapist was actively throwing them off the trail didn't help her case. But, like, they believed, they wanted to help Troy. Right, in right. In retrospect, the Seven of Nine episode with that fucking asshole. Oh, um, is that the bad hypnosis one? That's the or? bad hypnosis one where we don't, oh. we're never meant to know if he that did anything or not. That episode was just such a disaster in yeah, so many ways. because it's so poorly handled. But you're right, they handled. took her, they did take her seriously. They took her seriously, and it was a, an act, a serious inquiry to determine what exactly happened. Because, you know, it's, a, it's an actual, like, affront. Yeah. Is, act- that the one, is that the one where the doctor convinces Seven that she was... Yeah. Well, maybe. With, with the hypnosis. Well, like, that's the, the implication is that, like... She may not have been in the in yeah, the doctor, that, like implanted memories. Yeah, it's a really bad like you're right. They take it seriously. But the problem is the whole thing is undermined by this wanting to what's the word? Ambiguate. No, it, it sort of shine a light on or interrogate this kind of real world method that had been used and perhaps improperly in the past. But like this wasn't the forum for it, or at least the method they chose mm. to investigate, I guess, for lack of a better term, this this you know, repressed memories kind of thing, which the jury is still, well, I don't know about anymore, but at the time the jury was kind of out on scientifically. Right, right. And then the the big difference with this episode is, sure, after the rape has happened, Archer is on T'Pol's side, even though it seems like, it seems like more, he's more like personally offended that Vulcans whom he thought he was going to like turn out to not be likable because I hate Archer. But he'd spent the whole first three-fifths of the episode him and Phlox both telling to Paul, oh, look, Vulcans that we like. Maybe you should hang around with them and something might rub off. And maybe maybe this is a better uh, rationality for you to start having. Even though she yeah. told them time and again, she didn't want to. Well, th- yeah, this is this is good old fashioned humaning, right? You know, on the part of Archer here, because... You know, he sees that he sees these Klingon Klingons. He sees these Vulcans <laughs> as ones who share human values to him. You know, or like maybe not values, but 
share human qualities and that that he hit like he can get along with it. They're like the, the George Bush. Oh, I could have a beer with these Vulcans. Like that's how Archer votes. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're working on their own boner pills. I can't think of anything more human. Yeah, why not? My God, you're right. But I- but he, but like and, you know, and we know already that Archer feels that you know, other Vulcans are, you know, stick up the ass. So he thinks he's doing a good thing by, you know, and then, you know, there's this whole like multiculturalism idea that, oh, you know, you should expose yourself to Paul to to these Vulcans with different ideas. And like he's he's harped on to Paul about that all along about like, oh, you should be more open minded about shit. You should we should go investigate the scary ship with zombies on it and we should do that. You know, but, you know, I think he do- he's he doesn't listen. No. And that's his problem. I think, you know, sp- speaking speaking as someone who regrets having been kind about this show for so long um, <laughs> and is generally annoyed by Archer. I, I think, you know, I don't want to I don't I, I, I think you say, oh, well, you should hang out with him. But like he wasn't like there was maybe one or two scenes at best. And I think like he didn't know anything was wrong because he didn't, you know, like when she told him something was wrong, it seems like he acted on it pretty quickly. Like at first he was, yeah, he was just being our. She was in like, sick bay. Well, yeah, but if that, like if she's I don't know See, how I, he could have like known ahead of time that Talaris, who by his own admission, that was the one he barely interacted with. It sounds like I really don't know how he was supposed to tell that Talaris was going to be bad news. Like we're kind of asking him to pre-crime the Did situation. Did you see his face? Well, <laughs> yes, but characters in shows <laughs> yeah yeah and like it was clear like when when archer assigned to paul to go to be the one to go work on their ship with the scans yeah and her um, eyes are screaming oh god not me yeah and i you know it's it's very it's very like stereotypical man behavior this is for your own good yeah you know i know i know what's good for you i know what's best you know, you should you should broaden your horizons and expose yourselves to this this other culture. And, you know, trust me, I'm the dad of the ship. Well, um, but in his defense, I kind of think, too, like, because I feel like Trip makes this point about, like, if I was the only vo- if I was the only human on a ship and we saw a bunch of humans, I would want to hang out with them. Like, I kind of wonder if it wasn't so much we want you to become more like these people as it was like, you know, you haven't seen other Vulcans for however many months, and the last time you did, they were trying to, like, remove you from the ship. Maybe, you know, having some Vulcan time would be good for her. Oh, no, I disagree. I think it was all because they had a different perspective that Archer liked better. Like, he brings up to her, hell, the other Vulcans have been on the ship for however long now, and I notice you haven't been hanging out with them. And she says, I prefer not to. Not, you know, I want to, you know, they're my own kind, and therefore maybe I want to I want to see my own kind. It's not these ones. And I know, and I know what they're doing is dangerous. And she says that. And I also have to give Archer, I wrote in in loud letters in my notes in the final scene, because I was waiting. I was waiting in that scene when, in the the final scene of the episode where T'Pol is meditating and Archer comes in and he crouches down to give her the, the, the Archer chat. And I write in my notes, Archer had better apologize. And I'm waiting for him to apologize. To feel like maybe he could have done something or heard her literally ever. And he says, well, 
maybe maybe your Vulcan thing isn't you know has something on onto it. It's like that's that's not what this is about, Archer. You just harmed your crew member. Fuck you. I, I would also say though, like she says they're dangerous, but the Vulcans say everything that they don't like is dangerous. It's because yeah, everything I mean, is. It's space. I, I, I'm just saying I could see him kind of like. You know, like you, he's seen how inflexible Vulcans can be. And for all that, there is a lot of obvious human bigotry he has to overcome. Like every time you turn around, the Vulcans are saying things they don't like are dangerous. And sometimes they're actually dangerous. Other times it's like, no, you just don't like this. So after a while, it's just kind of like the Vulcan if, who cried wolf. If everything is dangerous, nothing is safe. Mm. So I'm just saying, like, it's not to take away any kind of. I don't want to put too much. I, does Archer hold blame? Yes. I, I I don't necessarily think he has as much, though, as, as you're trying to leverage on him in this case. Yeah, I'll say also there's there's the there's one guy. Right. Tolaris, who's a piece of shit. Mm. But it seems like, you know, the others. Cov and Captain Tavin Volko. Um <laughs> seem seem perfectly fine so it could also just you know be a case of painting all of them with the brush that's uh, another thing that definitely annoys me with this episode is like we get to see this kind of other group of vulcans but the nature of the story is going to make it that we're going to focus on this guy and go eh, maybe vulcans are right but yeah what exactly common... is the story trying to tell us about vulcans that's what i really don't understand yeah it just seems like this guy actually is just a piece of shit but the others are people you know what else is a little bizarre that i realize now that we're what we're 17 episodes into this show tapal is still the only female vulcan whom we've seen in the whole show so far and yeah. even kav mentions to trip oh look you got all you got women on your ship and trip's like yeah like a third to a half of our crew members are women which only a third <laughs> like what <laughs> they're half the population yeah, but how many of them get into the 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 explore, exploration? Sciences? Well, because of sexism, not enough. Well, there you go. You solved it. Um, I but also, yeah, no, a lot, a lot of lady Vulcans so far. Yeah, 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 and you know that that also had me thinking that like I wonder if the writers could have told the story or told this. I don't know how to put this. I, I wonder if they could have gotten their message across if it had been another crew member. Um, not the sexy one. Well, just not if if they could have removed the sexual element mm. from the encounter. Yeah. And and made it more more allegorical and less overt what they were doing. Well, then Trip might get knocked up again. Yeah, well like what if it was, you know, Trip Trip maybe Trip and Talaris are paired up and Talaris is like, "Hey man, I this is really cool, you know, Vulcan thing we do on the Vulcan ship with our minds. Ooh. The grossest the quote I wrote down out of um, Wikipedia was, Brandon Braga wanted to bring sensuality to Star Trek and called this episode a twisted tale of seduction, like a Vulcan nine and a half weeks. Barf. Ugh. Nine and Brandon. a half weeks has its own horrible fucked up problems, so that's not totally wrong. But calling anything about this sensual or suggesting that it was a seduction is foul. Yeah. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> no. This is a fucking story about a predator. Right. 
A fucking, I mean, straight up groomer for Christ's sakes. Yeah, he well, stares nine, at her. Nine and a half moment. weeks kind of has a. It kind of uh, goes way too far. So I wouldn't say that there isn't some of that element to nine and a half weeks, mm. but I, I don't I, think it's a perfect comparison. I've heard of it. I know it's kind of infamous, but I've never seen it and therefore know nothing about it. I haven't seen it. I've just read it. Mm. Yes, also, since we've been on this for a while, but like I kind of said a little earlier, too, I just I like I like Kov. I like his interactions with Trip. They're all fun. But God damn it, why this fucking I am so sick of these stories of like you have to forgive your shitty parent. Why? Fucking uh, because why? the parent is looking for somewhere to put his Katra. <laughs> well, mm. actually, if they don't do the mind melds, do they do the Katras? Probably not. Well, remember, even even in three, you, it, like they were talking about how like the transferal of the Katra at least was kind of like a. Yeah, that, that must have to have come back, too, because how else do you transfer a Katra? I don't know. I have no idea. We're also, we're also kind of assuming that the Vulcans are generally a monoculture. Well, it's Star Trek. Yeah, it's true. But for all we know, the mind meld and, and the Katra and all that stuff is just something that's practiced by one particular religious group. Yeah. You know, like, because to... To to pow, right? Was, oh, to pow! Because was she was the one that did the transference in the end of three, right? I think. I think Maybe. that's right. Sounds right. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> or some some old lady. Yeah, or an equivalent to to pow. Equivalent old lady. Yeah. So so if she's like some kind of Vulcan priest that does this this stuff, and maybe Sarek's just part of that religion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish we knew more, but alas, You're they right. are all monocultures. <laughs> yeah, but no, I don't even mean just in the sense of Vulcans. It's just like just it's it's a narrative that comes up all the time in all sorts of things. It's like sometimes parents are just awful and don't deserve forgiveness. Yeah. And it's just this exhausting fucking thing that we keep coming back to as a culture. And the sooner we break away from it, the better. I just I think, you know, in in terms of. Kov's story it also sounds like his father did him dirty yeah you know he wanted to go out and pursue his own life and his dad disowned him yeah and it doesn't sound at least you know we don't get the whole story we just get Kov telling us oh yeah i made the call but maybe i i wonder if there was an apology no no vulcans Probably don't not. apologize i, I that don't would be illogical would. yeah but as you said ames the scene with trip even though i disagree with it was done well. Yeah, for a moment I was like, oh, is Trip trying to, like, equate the father relationship with him never getting with a certain girl he liked? But then by the end, you're like, okay, I see where you went with this story. It's a it's yeah. good for you, Trip. You found your way there. Yeah, and he probably hasn't felt regret. And, yeah, it would suck, so... Yeah. I like how in this show, even the character who we're told throughout the episode is... Knocking on death's door. By the end of the episode, they're they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, something uh, that bothered me. So given that the other Vulcans on the ship, on the other ship, seem to be reasonable, well, the, good-natured The other people, two we've met. Yeah, the other yeah. two that we've met. Um, Briefly. It strikes me that Archer, at least we don't see it, but Archer just basically sends Talaris away and doesn't... Like, I would have liked 
to have known that Archer, you know, reported his ass. Reported his yes. ass. I'd like to know that and for that certain there, too. And, and that there were like consequences because I otherwise hope. you have this fucking guy who's a fucking menace. Who's you know the next ship that they encounter that has a Vulcan on it. If there's a Vulcan woman on that ship, you know, yeah. she's going to be another victim. Yeah, That's say what thing. you will he, about the Vulcans oh, without logic. This guy is doing it wrong and needs to be out of your special club. Yeah, yeah. no, I, and that's the thing. Like, of course, until now, he they haven't seen another Vulcan in a while. Regular Vulcans would avoid them at all human costs. So, like, yeah, maybe up until now he's been fine. But now, you know, he's not fine. He is. I'd say you got to get rid of him, but then he might go to Vulcan. So uh, maybe shoot him into the sun. Yes, agree. Or ship him off. No, you know what? Put him in a box like normal, but instead of Abu Dhabi, mail him to Kronos. The sun. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that, that the Vulcan, that there must be some sort of Vulcan justice penal system of some kind, or even just like mental health situation where people, because like every Vulcan is theoretically capable of doing these mind melds. And if it's so dangerous, and so so high potential for abuse i would assume that every now and again somebody there must just be some nut on vulcan that goes around melding people what do they do Can you remind me a little of a uh, random thoughts that guy that was trading in like tuvok's mm. memories of watching event horizon <laughs> i kind of wonder yeah. i mean this this is gonna sound kind of gruesome but i mean it's a gruesome act like can you can you just kind of shut off that part of the Vulcan brain? Can you make it so that they can't meld like the old the old lobotomy? Oh, wow. Chris is a monster. That's fascinating. Uh, so I, I mean, show him into the sun. Mc, that's one thing. Yeah, Murphy, these guys. People chemically castrate sex offenders to this day, I believe. So that's what I mean. It, it's if we're talking metaphor, that's kind of the the metaphorical version of that. Um, I don't know. Like we don't. M minor spoilers for Strange New World season one. We do see a hint of Vulcan criminal rehabilitation, but it is unclear who it's for. Uh, if it's all criminals or specific ones or what. So we, we don't know a lot about the uh, Vulcan law and order. Bum bum. Jerry Orbach. Yeah. And certainly not at this point in history, too. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. 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 I'm not thing is i'm not sh like obviously this, this episode was very triggering triggering and upsetting upsetting but that's its goal but yeah, exactly like but I what feel else like, is its goal it doesn't have one i mean i think its goal was to tell a story about sexual assault and it did that well honestly like believe rape victims is probably a pretty uh ahead of its time message for this time period unfortunately i i will yeah. say uh i know we've given him a lot of stick but i i feel uh bacula did a pretty good job in that scene and that scene? even confronted yeah because even when he was being chipper archer i feel like there was oh yeah you could feel it barely sublimated hate even then yeah there was he did a really nice job of there was definitely an undercurrent like if he had known Archer, he would have known he was in deep shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, like, I, and I know Archer just well enough to know that he was in deep shit, you know? I, I think it's really proof that, you know, Bacula isn't the problem, the scripts are. 
No, he's he's perfectly competent. Yeah, it's just they're writing Archer well, the way they write except, Archer. Except when he's being sucked out of an airlock. That wasn't I wouldn't say that was perfectly competent, but everything else <laughs> that was has on been a lot more or less of, perfectly competent. And as that we was discussed, on a lot that, of people. That could have been uh Tom Paris's fault. That's you know, Robbie, the stunt coordinator bacula himself like there's a lot of people to blame for that i don't know i also won't forgive his i'm just trying to waste time and be an asshole in the andorian incident because that was fucking terrible that was pretty bad but, <laughs> but yeah, by anyway, it, I, every actor has an off day <laughs> yeah i mean but anyway overall i don't know how i feel about this episode i don't know if i could say that i like it because i i really don't it's it is very uncomfortable watch mm-hmm. but i also think that I mean, I have to give the writers some credit for accomplishing what I think that they wanted to accomplish. Yeah, I think whether or not there is a a point to the goal is a different debate, but they definitely achieved it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As as a woman on this podcast who was very uncomfortable by this whole episode and did not see a point to this episode, I actively like on like dislike this episode. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I don't know where I stand on like. I don't want to see this in my Star Trek. <laughs> right there, yeah, and I think that's that's kind of I think that's the question more than you know. I, again, I think it was well done based on what it wanted to be. Again, was it necessary? Was it a story they needed to tell? That's a very different well, question. And here's the thing: it's definitely not a story they needed to tell because Star Trek has already told us this story so many times. Yeah. That when I realized yeah. what had happened, I was like, oh, okay, good. So T'Pol's the one who's going to be raped in this series? Oh, That's of course, cool. because she's the sexy lady. The sexy lady always gets assaulted. Oh, she's a good-looking woman. Yeah. She, she said, I don't want her to be sexually assaulted. But, yeah, but, she's, but her purpose he, he, isn't to be the sexy lady. No, yeah. that's fair. I suppose that's no. You're right. I mean, this is you're but right. Paul is specifically in this show to be cat suited. Yeah. Have you noticed that she has a nice bum? Ugh. Ugh. But yeah, gross. Uh, just and again, I definitely agree with you, Ames. Definitely uh, uncomfortable and like I don't. It just I think the thing that really fucking pissed me off the most too was at the end. Before he leaves, he's like, "What a shame!" Right? Like, oh my god. Like, oh, you know, you could have been cool, but you're, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's like that, it's that parting blow of like, I, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It just felt very true to, like, yeah, they, the the experience of just being like, oh, too bad, like, I thought you were gonna put out, but now you're, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just felt like the perfect, um... Well, they were definitely perfect, terrible end point was yeah, him they, being like, oh, gross, you're the problem. You know, they didn't equivocate on him. He was the perfect portrait of this kind of piece of shit. Yeah. Like I laugh so much because the the two hosts of Intertractional were both talking about how cute they found him at the beginning. And I'm like, ew, no, no. From the what first is wrong with these screen, people? From people the like very this are the ones screen. who were like, Ted Bundy was hot. Him like, and it, fucking Flocks could have had a smug off. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know oh who would have won. I mean, that's the thing. Maybe if he wasn't making that face, he would have been cute. But he was making yeah. that face. Yeah, he had permanent smirk. Yeah. Vorik's grandpa. Right. <laughs> Which actually, speaking of permanent smirk, I meant to get a screenshot of this earlier, but I forgot. Related vaguely to Flocks and his smugness and his Fraserness, for some unholy reason, 
for some unholy reason, in the still on Paramount Plus for the new Frasier, it's like Kelsey Grammer standing in the middle of a line of busts of, you know, famous figures, whatever. Sure. And for some reason, whoever touched up the ad decided he wasn't smirky enough. Oh, so they no. added this really awkward, poorly photoshopped, like extra length to his lip. But it just no. makes him look like Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight run. Yeah. Dark Knight. No. Or, like, or so, Flox in that one yeah, episode where Flox did that smile thing. So obviously fake. And I was like, what fucking idiot signed off on this? It's so How? funny. I got the, I got Frasier advertised to me today and I didn't even see it. Let me I have to look now. Oh, it's like, I, I, how we are, it is the year of our Lord, 2023. How are we still having such terrible Photoshop disasters in professionally done ads? <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that's so funny, but it really is. Any final thoughts on this? This? I just say, you know, I think, I don't think that this episode was necessary I also think that it has been done before. Another episode that I don't love, but Violations, is basically very similar. Yep, yep. And and did it, I think, a lot better. They if, actually, if, they if, did give Troy agency somehow. Yeah. Yeah, if they had tacked on a scene where, like, T'Pol barges onto the, the Vulcan ship and fucking mind wipes this guy or something. Sets it to self-destruct. Just, just beats the just, shit just, out just like, of him. No, I think if she just like mind melded him and then like like mind melded him hard and then like walked away and then he's just like left a vegetable forever. Like that might that might work. <laughs> I might be okay with that. The, Jake, the this, show, now. this show won't kill people. You think it's going to do that? And yet it That's, will rape its women. Yeah. Well, that's a long-standing issue with, you know, not, not you know, yeah, there's issues with what we, how we rate and grade and censor things. Yeah, that's where, that's where I land on this episode, is if you're going to subject me, su yeah, subject me to this scene and this, uh, this act, it better not just be for the sake of it. That is not yeah. good enough. No, it doesn't understand true. Vulcans, it seems. It tried. It almost became interesting with the, oh, we have different interpretations of Surak. I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. One of them is raping? Fuck you! <laughs> yeah. Now murder. Murder. Oh, no, fine. wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Before yeah. we move on to murder. But during that scene when he was talking about their interpretations, I said out loud to nobody but myself, oh, they're Lutherans. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they believe, like, we can read the text and get what we want from it, like, you know, or not get what we want from it, but, like, make our own interpretations. Like, that was, I think, the big difference, isn't it, in the beginning? People who followed yeah. Lutherans was that they thought, like, yeah, you should have a Bible and read it. Uh, I honestly don't know enough about the history of Christianity, so... Probably? Well, I feel like it being accessible to the masses... Was a big so that it wasn't necessary to have a Catholic priest like explain it all to you. Read the Latin, it, I think. Huh? Mm. Reading the Latin. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Maybe. Yeah, it's like uh, that episode where everybody was being taken away, taken away in the middle of the night, and they made a they made a fancy table in the holodeck. No oh, schisms. Ah, yeah. uh, that's, that's why. The joke. Yeah, that's it took the joke. I couldn't remember the title, so I was like, "What is the connection here?" Thank you, Ames. I still don't get the joke, but I remember the title. Because but like when, when religious groups, split. 
It's called oh. a schism. It's called a schism. Oh, good joke, Jake. Oh. Yeah, the wordplay. Well, audience, how did you enjoy that journey? Was it anything like a planet wandering away from its sun? Like in Rogue Planet, our next episode? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, like, despite being a weird prequel, Andor is definitely worth watching. Uh, are you trying to connect this to Rogue One for no reason? I think he is. Is that, uh, is that not what we're going to talk about? Uh, Andor is nice. good. I do recommend watching Andor. Uh, it's on the list for when my Star Wait, so, Wars fatigue has faded. Wait a minute. So what? does this mean Star Trek and Star Wars both have Andorians? Andor is just the uh. name of a guy. <laughs> it's not a place or people. It's just one guy's oh, name. Oh, I thought it was a Star, a Star Wars planet. Oh, I thought no. you were being serious. I was. Or rather, I thought you were making a joke, rather. No, I wasn't. No, uh, I was being serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cass, Cassian Andor from uh, Rogue One. Yeah, I don't remember what the fuck his name is. But dude. I, had, I, saw I had the Rogue same One, thought like... when that movie, or when that when yeah when that movie came out, and there was the guy. I'm like, oh, this guy's just named after where the Andorians live. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't Star remember. Wars. It's been a long time. Mm. It's a good movie. Yeah, it, is, it is. Yeah, Rogue One was great. But this isn't Rogue One. This is Rogue Planet. So. Ooh. It's picture day on the NX-1. <laughs> Get your little uh, tiny plastic comb. <laughs> oh, they should have had in front of one of those shitty laser backgrounds. Yes. Oh, I had, I had a, a normal, lot of those. It's a normal background, but then Reed just starts firing off phase pistols. As is his uh, want. But yeah, they get interrupted when they find a, a rogue planet, which is a planet that has, has broken away from its sun. I, are these real or are they just yes. theoretical? Nope, they, they are, are emphatically okay. real. Great, that is terrifying. So oh this yeah, orbits orbits can break down like that. Yeah, yeah. No, or I like know, or like you can go pa- too close to like a uh, gas giant, and its gravity can fling right. you off. Exactly, mm. get pulled into another orbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the, 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 the way, science stuff like that. The science concept on the show basically said, you know what, you guys should do something with is a is an orphaned planet because you know they mm. wouldn't have a sun, so it would be interesting to see what a planet without a sun might be like because there wouldn't be light or heat or what have yeah. you. So you'd have to figure out something to do. So well. what did they figure out? How to do <laughs> well they figured out that if there were a lot of hot ass gas vents there wouldn't be sun but there would still be some heat and life could uh find a way ah. <laughs> and you know they go up to this rogue planet and arch is all excited and they're like hey on this massive fucking world where we could go anywhere here's a little ship and they hail it and they didn't get a response but there's also no sign there's anything wrong with the ship so you'd think, okay, let's go to any of the other fucking places on this whole fucking planet. But no, John has to John. And <laughs> they like, will like oh, me, damn it. Let's go make friends. John, fucking hell. So they he go. What's their opinion on his picture? Yeah, seriously. They go down and they find these hunter dudes. And just like last episode, you know, right away, there's got to be trouble. Oh, yeah. And Once you see that their glow-in-the-dark visors are yeah. red, you're like, oh, these ones yeah. are the evil ones. <laughs> yeah, these are the bad guys. Don't be fooled by Archer and team having the over 9,000 eyepieces, which were the Aww. bad guys in Dragon Ball Z. The fucking prop design in this show. Or um, Bev that once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hers, at, hers at least didn't look like it came out of a fucking Happy Meal, though. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's give it the, these glasses their due. They look like you had to send away eight box tops to Kellogg. You're right. a lot yeah. of box tops. You're right. Six to eight weeks, it'll get there. Anyway, That's what I'm box saying. tops plus shipping and handling, don't forget. So yep, yeah. yep. $12.95 for some reason. 
So there's hunters, and they're here to hunt supposedly the wild boar on this world. Oh, it's cute. Reed wants to tag along because he has British bloodlust. He can hear the hounds braying in his ancestral memory. <laughs> um, but he promises oh. he won't kill anything. He just wants to be there to learn their stealth skills. So he says. Yeah. But then Archer is, like, sleeping, and he's having a very vivid wet dream uh, that <laughs> turns out is real. You know, everyone's like, Captain, you're insane. He's like, I can't be insane. That would be not John. It's not like I've been sniffing pollen like, well, what was his name? Novakovich did. Yeah, there we go. You know, I love his. I'll get to that. So anyway, um, yeah, long story short, there's a sentient race there. One of them got in touch via telepathy and shape shifting. And she's like, hey, Archer, could you help these people not kill us? And Archer's like, yeah, sure. Why didn't you just ask? She turns out to be a flatworm who does the most weirdly adorable look over her non-existent shoulder at the end. That was just I liked painfully her. cute. It's like, how did you just make that so cute? It's a fucking CG flatworm, but there we go. Yeah, they find a way to mask the terror spray and everything's fine. The end. The end. Hooray. Yeah, yeah so here, here's the thing. I'm going to have a hot take on this. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Jake's favorite episode. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was terrible. It was fine. Uh, it was, yeah, it was at first for an Enterprise episode, top 10. Uh, <laughs> We're not uh, screaming yet, so. <laughs> but, but like, I know they wanted the Hunters to be the bad guys, just like every, you know, 90s environmentalist children's movie. Yeah. But I, I don't think they're bad guys. I just, I mean, I think that that according to human values they're shitty and i understand why we don't like them but i don't know it just seems like they're doing their thing they bring up this point when Tapala's when they're explaining for some reason it took them several nights to explain what exactly they were hunting and that it's a yeah. telepathic shapeshifter creature and Tapal's first reaction is that sounds like it might be sentient. And they're like, no, no, no. It wouldn't qualify as being sentient by any of our definitions. What are your definitions then, sir? Well, that's why I think, Jake, that actually they are bad guys. Because I think if they genuinely believed anything they were saying, they wouldn't have been so coy about what they were up to. Like, I think on some level, they know what they're doing is fucked up and that people would, clearly not just humans, would object so they kind of tried to obfuscate their purpose for a bit. You know, they purposely, yeah. there was that point where they clearly thought they were on a rates trail. So they made sure Reed stayed behind. Like if they That's hadn't, true. if they hadn't been so secretive until they absolutely had to tell the truth, I'd think, yeah, maybe they just genuinely have convinced themselves these aren't sentient creatures, but you know. But and yeah, then I suddenly th- once the cat's out of the bag, they just talk about it like it's nothing. Like it's, oh yeah, yeah they saw a fox over there and I killed the fuck out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, again, sort of like how we've seen this before with Fusion, I feel like this is, we've seen a lot of this before. We've seen, mm. you Tusk. know. Mm. T- Herogens. Tosk, yeah, Herogen, but also just, not even just that, just like, I, I'm sure there's been some other case where like a telepathic alien has been like, I need your, no kill Salt I. Salt vampire. Even. It was salt. very Salt Vampire. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, Salt like, Vampire could also read your mind to say, what you want. What do you want me to look like? Yeah. And I'll become that. And for some reason, even though like they say, like, oh, yes, it's a very wily prey for us because sometimes it tricks you. And yeah. I'm thinking, do the wraiths sometimes impersonate the hunters? Oh, they should. 
Why don't they do that all the time? It mm. does seem like the trick with that, though, might be like, because even as she's interpreting Archer and all this, like there's still a clunkiness to her speech throughout her whole sort of time with him. Yeah, yeah. So it could be they have trouble with that aspect and that would be kind of a giveaway. Like it would probably work the first or second. Maybe they've done it before. But at this point, the hunters know to listen out for like speech pattern issues. Seems like they could probably the, the wraiths could pretty easily just kill the hunters by pretending yeah. to be something deadly. And depending on like if they, if we're talking Odo type shape shifting, we don't know. It sounds like it's different, but couldn't they just become something huge and clawy and just unclear? Maybe yeah, we don't know a ton about them. Maybe they're not big on killing. They, you know, they don't want to kill. They're just flatworms. Flatworms they're don't like kill. They're like the writers on Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, no one. No one does. Oh, oh, God. That one fucking guy. The, like, lead hunter? I don't know. I, I couldn't I also tell them apart. No idea which was, I was just looking at your notes and they just come across. I have no idea which is which. Nope, no but clue. The one they who all was look like, the same to me. I loved how they, the guy was like, my dad went on a trip. <laughs> he made it back, but his friends didn't. It's like. Then you doubly have no need for revenge unless you really liked his friend. One of his friends got me a beer once. <laughs> he let me try a sip before I was old enough. Oh, God. Yeah, but so the other thing, too, is even before we know that they're that the animals are, are sentient, we already have like judgy ass Enterprise crew. And Reed, who's, and, well, who's yeah, Reed, super Reed's, into it. Reed just wants to kill. Yeah, again, uh, like in his ancestral British blood. Oh, like, yeah. He's the like Union Jacks were popping up and chasing after foxes. He's like, yeah, can I can I can I borrow Porthos for for a, for a night, Captain? Go we're rustle lucky. up some rats or something. He like goes back to his quarters and actually whips out one of those ridiculous red hunting jackets and the stupid hat. Giant <laughs> shotgun. Actually, he didn't have to rustle them up. They just suddenly just appear on him. He didn't even own them before that point. They just manifest like the Green Lantern's fucking uniform. But yeah, I mean, the we just had a conversation in the previous episode about how humans eat chicken and meat and don't have a oh, problem you with it. You said humans, didn't you? Yes. I oh, I, I heard. Said, I heard Cubans. Cubans. I heard Cubans too. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely heard Cubans. I mean, Cubans do eat meat. A, cu a Cubano is a wonderful sandwich, but more than just I said, the Cubans. I said, I, if I said Cubans, I apologize. <laughs> I was trying to say humans. Fuck, no, I want a Cubano. Fuck. Um, yeah, I was trying to say humans. Uh, that humans are still eating meat, and apparently just hunting meat is something worthy of judgment versus slaughtering farmed animals i guess well so two things one they maybe have 3d printed meat because they do have a protein resequencer but two let's be honest in the real world we have that like i you know i'm a hypocrite i eat meat but the idea of hunting for sport like i find that like unless you're actually gonna use the animal for something other than decoration mm -hmm. well they were eating the the spoils of their hunt oh yeah they were in, eating in those the piggies yeah, they were, they were in the boar thing. So like that, yeah, like that, I'm like, all right, fine. It's not my bag. I'd rather it be farmed as well. But the wraiths, though, that does feel like it's more of a point of pride. Thing. Yeah, I wouldn't eat that. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. yeah. This, a, they look gross. Uh, also. They might fry yeah. up nice. You don't know. It def they might that definitely seems like a trophy hunt. They might taste like fried clam. Oh, but that's you know, anything battered. And anyway. 
Yeah, and we've all, you know, we've seen this species before. The Herogen, obviously, were trophy hunters. Yeah. So, and I think that's a thing. It's, and yeah, like, we did, as just many cultures do, draw this line, hypocritical, let's be honest, between trophy hunting and food hunting. Like, you're still killing an animal. Like, one isn't inherently better than the other. One serves more of a purpose. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a hunter either, and I don't, I don't care for, care for it, but I don't know. It just, it's. I don't like when Star Trek preaches to you. Yeah. I felt very yeah. preached at um, yeah. in this episode. Which yeah, is very like, funny because I know like the writer, whoever they gave this episode to write says like, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to make it a preachy thing about hunting because he himself hunts. <laughs> well, oh, he fucking failed. <laughs> like seriously, of the group, like, yeah, I could get like the person who actually comes from a vegetarian culture. Like they could be like, eh. Yes, but, no, thank you, sir. Yeah. You know, like, like you said, we we don't know that all the meat is, is resequenced. Some of it is probably real. So, like, you know. I mean, I, we know Phlox eats his menagerie from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Although, and although... The food, and the food right off of your fucking plate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if yeah, there's true. nobody eating in the mess hall that he can steal food from, fucking he'll just go asshole. eat one of his animals. <laughs> Although, like, if if the meat on the on the Enterprise is resequenced, then T'Pol wouldn't have trouble eating the fake chicken. Well, they, they it, and it she does definitely seem like did last episode. Vulcans, it seems like, just t- tend to stick to vegetarianism, even when it's yeah. But then they have to they tell the, they tell Vulcan Captain Taven, like, you know, this is meat. Mm, yeah. So that was yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, I've been assuming that the meat and you know the food in general on Enterprise is food like yeah not not replicate like it doesn't seem like they really have replicator technology other than perhaps tea they can make tea they can make they can make they've tea. got a keurig machine and that's it yeah well yeah. They, again they have mentioned protein resequencers but yeah i think anything at the very least that archer is getting in like the captain's mess that's probably yeah, from the freezer that's real food yeah. yeah i'm guessing that the yeah the they, pineapple probably have, cake. they probably have food cube technology yum um everybody's favorite Oh, man, of all the stupid fucking prequel shit they could pull that wouldn't annoy me, I'd love to see the food cubes. And I don't know if we ever do. I can't remember. Hmm. Keep an eye out. I want a food cube. Yeah, we do see the compact flashcards every now and again. We do. We oh, do, do we? I haven't, I haven't noticed. They're clear plastic instead of solid. But Instead yeah. of wooden bricks. <laughs> but they are still very big. Because again, apparently during World War Three, small memory storage solutions were lost to time. Mm. Or they, you know what it was? People just kept losing micro SD cards. Yeah. Because they're fucking size of a pinky nail. True. So someone, somebody was finally like, you know what? We're just going to make them big so we can't lose them. I keep on swallowing mine. Yeah. On a starship, you probably want something that's larger. So when you drop it or like the, the ship, ship rocks, shakes. Yeah. You know, you're not, it doesn't fall down through a floor crevice. Yeah, I like that new headcanon. It's it's simply for ergonomics. All right, so we, we learned that Archer has been seeing the woman as the woman he used to envision from a yeah. poem. His mother so used to read him about how you should never stop exploring. I'm confused. Why was that significant? Because it should be in an episode in which Archer is feeling low or something. Right? But I, he's he, not. He's just normal. I, although, let's be honest, I'm start like, Archer's making more sense. Mother, I can't sleep. Oh, well, I could do a normal thing, like read you a story about, you know, from this 
Mother Goose book or, or sing you a song, but instead I'm going to read you this poem by Yeats. Was it Yeats or Keats? Either way. I think it was Keats. Weird fucking parents, John. Yeah, it just felt like, yeah. I, I, felt, I felt like, okay, there should be meaning here. Yeah. Because when Arthur, Arthur, Archer, <laughs> talks to her at one point and, she, and he's like, oh, I realize what you're from. And that's a, it makes me want to believe again. And I'm like, why? Why is this significant? <laughs> like, this I is the poem. I don't understand. Like, this is the poem that, that Pike needed read to him in the cage. Yeah. When mm. Dr. Bartender <laughs> showed up. Like, Dr. Bartender should have showed up with booze and this poem, and the whole episode could have been skipped. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I had, to, I had that, in that final scene with Archer and the, and the woman, I had to keep telling Archer through the television, don't fuck the slug. Just he don't did. do it. He did, out loud. Don't fuck the slug. Don't, I don't, was telling don't him put the your opposite. dick in that. I was like, go for it. Fuck that slug. What's the worst that could happen? Uh, uh, it'll knock like him it. up. <laughs> like, trip. Uh, Ah, fair. He, you know, she turns into the slug. He kind of makes a face of like, I don't know, I still might. And all I could think yeah, of was, <laughs> all I could think of is when uh, Tony Shalhoub sees what his, uh, his, um. Oh, in Galaxy Quest? Shit, what's that species called? Oh, God. No idea. The Termian. Ter- ter- Thermians. Thermians. With a T. Thermians, yeah, When there he it sees is. his Thermian girlfriend, what she actually looks like. And for me, he's just like, fucking whatever. <laughs> and runs with it. Well, he he seems like he probably likes a tentacle up the butt, if we're being honest. Nice. Uh, oh, God. T'Pol, T'Pol gets a good joke on Archer, though, when she says, like, something to the point of, like, I bet you wouldn't be, you know, searching for yeah. the, the slug thing if it were shaped like a man. And Archer's like, damn it, you're right. Because, <laughs> like, as we said in, uh, in the last episode, it's got to be a sexy lady or no one's going to care. Yeah. Maybe it should have been his dad. Then, yeah, but then, then he would have known right, right away that, that he would have known right away. He'd think away he's nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's be okay. But yes, you're right. It wouldn't have worked for Archer. But for us, we knew right away. I mean, come on. You had to know right away what was going on. It's like, okay, clearly something on this planet that they're hunting is asking for help. We are, okay, no, there's if, no surprise here. If they wanted to make us guess if it was a real thing. But have it so that Archer knew it must be a hallucination. They should have had it be Mayweather. Because a May- Mayweather would never be given lines. Right, yes. because he'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mayweather sure as shit isn't on this, on this uh, away mission. In this television show. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh. I also joked that, oh, so now we're totally fine giving these uh, slug creatures this masking agent thing um so flox i think you're getting in the way of natural evolution on this planet what gives yeah i mean that other species evolved guns and warp drives to come here to wipe them out Mm-hmm. why are you interfering <laughs> i was wondering if that would come up i'm glad yeah. i did fuck flox <laughs> yeah i mean this seems pretty uh Seems like there's some prime directive shit here. But again, this is a, probably a case where the prime directive where you would, you know, if if you're preventing a, basically a genocide, that's probably a good reason to break the prime directive. Well, and like we said last with with that episode, like they asked for help. So why not? And in this case, the woman asked for help. Mm-hmm. Took her a little while, but she did. Did, yeah. First, she had to check to see if Archer would figure out what poem she was from. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you passed the I test. Thought- 
I was, first I thought something by Robert Frost, but now I'm not so sure. Could you be Lenore? <laughs> uh, one other thing about this episode, and, you know, as we were mentioning, like it is a very fascinating actual science thing to have this rogue planet. Yeah, and it yeah. meant that, you know, it's a planet of all darkness, which means they had to like find some really like cheaty ways to yeah. light the fucking yeah, place. There was way too much light. For so way much too much. Had no sun. I did like, though, there were one or two shots of the Enterprise on the dark side of the planet. Just well, every side is its... the dark side of the planet. True. But yeah, it's it just just where it's basically just it's running lights nice. and windows and the cell yeah, lights. I thought and... those I thought those those shots are pretty good. And, yeah, and I liked some of the atmosphere. You know, I think like the campfire scenes were, were, were mm-hmm. nice. Not enough I, uh, rounds of row, row, row your boat. Though. That's true. <laughs> Any Not a single marshmallow to be found. Um, I was hoping. I, I agree, though, the fucking night vision goggle props took me so fucking out. I was like, these are so stupid. The green ones or the red ones? Well, the green yes. ones especially. I mean, the red ones, whatever, some alien tech. They didn't look as Fisher-Price. Yeah. Mm. Um, the green ones looked like a fucking thing. Like, I swear to God, that had to have been like like a thing from like a kid's you know, they used to sell those like home laser tag sets yep. on Nickelodeon. Yeah. They used to have ads for like, oh, you can have you can play laser tag. I'm sure it didn't work properly. No, not um, well. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen those ads. And like they would have things like that. Like you would yeah. have like a little targeting crosshair that you'd wear. And I noticed that the fucking prop had a little crosshair in it. So I'm so part of me is like, is this out of like some kids? Oh, like man. marksmanship toy? They should look up what it's from. <laughs> They've already made it better because like fucking. What was it? Uh, like you said, Bev had one once. Dax mm-hmm. had one once with that weird shoot through walls with transporters gun. Oh, that that Dax. Yes. Ezri the, Dax. The, 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 you know, because they didn't have view screens on Dominion warships. They yeah. had the little things. There was, yeah, the Jem'Hadar's I, things. I think gave Cisco a headache. Yeah. And Cisco had one for a gun once and the headache one. Like, I, I know I keep saying it, but the prop design on this show. It's so bad. Oh, my God. It's it. Like you said, Jake, it just fucking shatters the immersion more like, than any cardboard 1960s set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's Dick the thing. Rocks the, the, everywhere. the props on TOS looked like fucking tools that people that people would use. Yeah. You know, they were they were mid-century, but they, you know, they they looked nice. They like looked like a fucking tool. And the 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 props on this one looked like fucking toys. And those fucking things, they're also not remotely practical, right? So, when do you use night vision most of the time in the dark when in the dark when you don't want to use flashlights and things like that because usually because you're trying to not be conspicuous oh i thought because you want your hands free for something else like jerking off if you just need your hands free put on a fucking headlamp oh that's true It's it's a whole hell of a lot easier than having a night vision goggles. There was a moment i wondered why they weren't just using a headlamp because then that could also light the scene in an interesting way yeah. yeah, but and they did have flashlights, but for some reason they had these stupid night vision goggles. And if you're designing night vision goggles, the last thing you're going to do just as like a tactical thing is make them fucking glow bright green. Well, but also from the outside. Being fair to them, that's just because for some reason at some point in television and film, glowing green became shorthand for night vision, just like yeah. glowing no, reddish. You you see glowing green. Like that's pretty established in fiction i don't know if that's how it really works but the night vision goggles themselves 
do not light up. Right. No, I know, so what the what the wearer sees should be glowing green. What someone looking at the wearer should see is a is fucking nothing. black silhouette. Yeah, no, I, because I, I know. the person wearing the goggles is trying to be invisible. They're trying to be not seen. Otherwise, they just use a flashlight. Yeah, no, I know that that in reality. But like when you think of like Splinter Cell, uh, Sam Fisher's like it's a video game series. Sure. But Sam Fisher's always going around with night vision goggles that glow green for some reason, even though it is explicitly a stealth game. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just a weird shorthand that they chose to follow, which they well, shouldn't if I agree. It, also, they're not night vision goggles, Jake. They're night vision monocles. Monocles. That's true. Not sure how that works. Well, I figure if you if it falls off your head, you need to be able to see it to put it back on. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> ah, yeah. But seriously, like, what's the point of a night vision thing that only lets you see through one eye? That's a good they, question. Some, somebody in their props department thought it would look cool. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. They thought it would look neat. The fucking idiots. <laughs> still, be- still better I- than palm beacons. Yeah, those are still the dumbest thing. Where's in plastic symbol falling these days? <laughs> you know, I would, I would, I bet you those night vision goggles are made out of pla- of plastic symbol material from the same same realm of stupid. Yeah, I. Uh... At least plastic symbol looked like a symbol. This looks like toot. I just no. ugh, hate it. Hate it. Yeah, and I just you know I know I already made made one joke about it, but in these two, I think I think Mayweather may have had a line in this episode at the very beginning. Was he, he did in them? Jesus, he, he annoyed me again with his line. The poor bastard. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Like now, when they give him lines, they're just giving him the dumbest lines. It was like oh, all those paintings at Starfleet Academy and a captain share filled us with. Oh, shut the fuck up, Mayweather. But, Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, it's like he's become like the teacher's pet or something. Yeah. They've just, they've just totally relegated him and Hoshi at this point as well, I feel, as just, you know, also theirs. Oh, God. Hoshi yeah. came down to planet. They That's figured out, oh, did. we can we can figure out how there's how to talk with them with the Universal Translator. And then they sent her away. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Hoshi. Good job. Never to be seen or heard from again. <laughs> Yeah, I actually forgot that she was on the initial away me, team. Me too, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that either. And it's... you watched it more recently than all of us. Yeah, that's true. Poor Hoshi. It's because, it's because, like, they just totally screwed over those characters and do not seem to have any... Like, they tried well, to it, do it a couple like episodes they... with Hoshi, but they gave up. Well, it's because they made her fucking annoying from the beginning. Like, they made their own problem. She didn't have to be annoying. Yeah, well... They wrote her that way, and now they don't know what to do with her. Julian Bashir My- started out annoying and grew. So that's... Mm. They just gave up real fucking fast. They did. Well, and I think, honestly, writers. it's... Mm. It, it, to me, it just feels like a cynical, like, okay, we should really have a black character. Oh, and we should probably have... You know, another character of color. Oh, if it could be a woman, that'd be like a twofer because we need more women on the show. Like, it feels like they were just checking boxes and they're like, all right, well, we've got the background, you know, not white characters. Now we can carry on with the white characters. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, again, too, the really annoying thing is they both, in theory, should have really interesting perspectives because it's like Hoshi is someone it's the early days of Starfleet and. She's somebody who's like, this is all very new, and oh my god, maybe this is awful, actually? And has to come to learn to come to terms with it. Yeah, but we can't, you can't have that on Archer's Enterprise, yeah. because Archer's, like, so, everything is great, and I want to be friends with, I want to teach the world to sing. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like they, uh, I just, 
No, you're right. It, it could have been an interesting counterpoint, though. And again, Mayweather, like, I grew up in space. Right. He should have all this, like, even though, like, the interesting thing to do with him would have been, yeah, he's wicked young and yet is somehow one of the more experienced people on this ship because of his upbringing. It should have been this interesting, like, tension dichotomy, whatever, of like, yeah, he's baby faced, but actually he's been doing this longer than any of us, except maybe to Paul over there. But again, eh, couldn't be asked to actually write to that. Well, it's because it's, it's like they forgot about it. It's like True. it wasn't even it because it, the way that feels is almost like that was never meant to be his backstory. It was just a throwaway for one episode. And because we don't bother ever in Star Trek, not not ever, but a lot of the time in Rarely. Star Trek to remember the past. It's just like, oh, yeah, did we write that? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, they checked it. Oh, we did Fortunate Son. So we're done. We're not going to discuss that ever again because we've done it once. Seriously, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an episode later where they say he grew up in San Francisco. <laughs> this looks familiar. These, these Were there wheels? <laughs> Baby fucking wheels? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That's the other thing, you know. Will they ever find a way to casually mention the fact that the humpback whale is still extinct at this point? Hmm. Probably not, because I don't know how much do why we say would they? I know. Why, I just, would they, why would they go around being like, hey, you know what I just remembered? Humpback whales are fucking extinct. No, I know. There's <laughs> no they'll re- encounter a space whale and be like, ah, oh, there used to be things like that on Earth. There's no reason for it to come up, but you aim just made me think of it. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess we're at that point where they, they don't exist because Kirk hasn't stolen any. I thought you were going to mention cetacean ops or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, no, definitely don't have that. They, they maybe have some yeah, goldfish. No, I mean, clearly. <laughs> You know who, Clearly they don't. You know but, who does have his, have cetacean ops? The Enterprise D. D stands for... D's nuts. Ah. Oh, sorry. So D stands say, for de moving on. Moving on to the Enterprise D and and the next generation in our blogtivity. Because so, for the past couple of weeks, if you've been joining us, and if you haven't, hello, welcome. We're what a weird episode to start with. Oh boy, yeah. Good good one, guys. So we're spotlighting all the different Star Trek characters. We've done everyone who made, made an impression from the original series. Sorry, Rand. Uh, we're moving on and now to... sorry, Lieutenant Leslie. You write, your own, write your own article, Chris. <laughs> we're moving on to the next generation. We're going to start, you know, someone who has a lot more stories than Mayweather. Jean-Luc <laughs> fucking Picard. Sulu, for Christ's sakes, has more stories than Mayweather. Right. Poor Mayweather. Rand. Rand, definitely. I think Rand may have had more lines so far than Mayweather. The only person who's had fewer lines is Lieutenant Leslie. Mm. I think he had, what, one? Two, maybe? Yeah, I I, I can think of once, and I don't think there was another time. But yes, Gene Luck Pickard. Mm. My my good list is very long, because I have a ton of backups. (laughs) Well, pick three. Do you want? Do you want us? To I want so yeah. I want someone else to go so I can cross out because I'm sure there will be overlap. Actually, I have no idea. There might not be overlap. All right, I'll go. 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 So I say okay. So number one, I guess not in any particular order. So one of the three defending data in Measure of a Man. Oh yay! Um, good, good. And doing it, you know, for for good reasons. Yeah, we got so many good scenes out of him doing that. Yeah. There it sits. I was going to say resisting the Borg, famously believed to be futile in Best of Both Worlds. He fucking resisted that shit and managed to say the word sleep, which oh, yeah. was all we needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say his uh, going out in a blaze of glory in yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, wow. Mm. 
I didn't think of that. Defending the Enterprise C as they uh, escaped back to their own certain death. Wow. Yeah, I that's didn't even think one. of that one either. That's a good yeah, one. Did I. He I know, not... that, 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 that shot of him like taking over yeah. the tactical as the ship is like on fire. <laughs> right. What have you got, Chris and Caitlin? You want to go? Go before Chris steals a good telling, one. <laughs> telling Wesley to shut up. Yes, I do have that one. That's a good, good one. <laughs> good. Telling Wesley to shut up is good. That funny laugh he does in uh, Naked Now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's like... I had that on my list as well. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And uh, shit, I had a third one. I had it. I had it. Where is it? Uh, Katamari Damasi. That's what I thought Uh, she was doing too. That's a fun game. I'm terrible at it, but it's fun. Oh, the there are four lights. Oh, well, yeah. Obviously. Yay! <clears throat> Not just because he acts the fuck out of it, but because in spite of being put through horrible psychological torture, he uh, resists Big Brother, etc. Yeah, that's a that's such a powerful episode. It's a great episode, him. it really is. But really, if I had to put them in order, that stupid laugh uh, Definitely is number, number one. one. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Give us a stupid laugh, Chris. I mean, uh, tell us yours, Chris. I'm going to go with not genociding the Borg, despite really wanting to. Oh, he so wanted to. And I get it. He doesn't like to commit war crimes, unlike some captains. Agreeing to take on Sarek's issues in in that episode there. Oh, and Sarek? With a mind meld? Yeah. Uh, That wasn't so rapey. Yeah, well, you know, uh, fucking, what's the word there? Consensual. Mm-hmm. But you know, take on a big risk. That could have fried his brain. Nearly did. Yeah. He laughs in the, he laughs in the face of danger, does Picard. Yeah. And he does that little laugh. Yeah. Well, we know that's, <laughs> yeah, that's how, how he, he got erotic syndrome. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. That's what I always that's a much better. That's a much better explanation. Yeah, it's the human version of Bendai syndrome. Nice. Uh and I mean, you know, obviously Picard, famous for his big speeches. Gonna narrow it down just for shits and giggles to the one from Drumhead. Ooh. Yeah, I considered that one. The speech in Drumhead, yeah, I, fig- I love I figured that. with with Measure of a Man, I already had sort of that. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the legal angle covered. Yeah. The legal righteousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I've got one more speech. I'm gonna leave it for, I'm gonna leave it for my number one pick because I have a couple, I have a whole bunch of backups. So let's go with, I really liked that he was Kempek's arbiter thing in Reunion. And it was like him and Kalar figuring out like the whole, there was a Klingon ceremonial shit. And he was like, nope, we're doing it my way. We're doing it at 6 p.m. for no reason. Because I said so. And I love that. I love, I love taking charge, swinging dick Picard. (laughs) Oh, here's another good uh, Picard line. This comes from Peak Performance. He tells this to Data. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not weakness. That is life. That is life. And it's Mm. so good. Yeah, it's so true. It's so Picard. It's one of the Picardiest moments. I actually saw a post somewhere recently. I forget where. I don't know if it was shit posting or some other Star Trek thing, but it pointed out and I never made this connection, but it is rather obvious once it's pointed out. It's like the perfect sort of counterpoint as far as like when people debate Kirk versus Picard. Picard has that line. Kirk Mm -hmm. famously in Star Trek 2 doesn't believe in the no win scenario. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's kind of. Those are like gets, the opposite sides of the coin, yeah. It gets to the heart of their styles and who they are. I love that. That's perfect. 
Picard is a grown-up. Yeah. And I just because, well, I, this is already at the tippy top of my list, but for a different line. But the, I just we watched a bit from another part that has an even better line. And that is, Picard might be at his peakest Picard in insurrection when he saves the Baku. A mm. tiny group of people being genocided, you know, like how Flox love do, loves doing. Um, <laughs> and actually getting it right. Making up for fucking Journey's End, which is probably mm. going to be something we'll discuss in just a minute. Uh, and he says to fucking Doherty, how many people does it take, Admiral, before it becomes wrong? And it is one of the one of the biggest like Picard moments that I could think of. And I fucking love that. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a good moment in an otherwise deeply middling film. Yeah, I think that the thing I, that I like the best about Insurrection is that it gets the ethics very right. Like, a lot of the details in the movie are dumb. All the jokes are bad. So, uh, but not it, all of them. But it got Picard dead on. But my boobs are so much firmer. Or whatever. God, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so good right. work, Picard. And my joke, my last jokey joke one was uh, the poetry scene from Menage a Trois, because I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I plucked good. the rose! <laughs> that's good. Jake? Oh, yes. I'm going to say... Oh, we're on bad, bad, naughty Picard bones. bad Picard. Well, I'll just ca- I'll carry... Because this was, uh, wasn't going to be the first one I'd read, but I'll read it uh, right now because it already just came up. Yeah, participating in the forced relocation <laughs> of Native Americans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Again. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks, John. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's... Yeah, what is it with John's? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, that I think that is the single. In my opinion, I th- I'll 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 go ahead and say that's that's the worst yeah. thing that I can. Oh, Nichea, I'll do exactly what you want. How many more? Yeah. Oh, what did she like to eat? Uh, there was some pastry that she that she he made for her all the time. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, shit sandwich. Shit sandwich. Uh, that's the one. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just I I. And at the end, the episode kind of pushed out and made it. Oh, we're gonna work out a deal with the Cardassians, and everyone will be happy. So how that and worked Wesley, out? And Wesley's Jesus. Oh no, wait, you that's Cisco. Happened? It's the minute the fucking Dominion War broke out, every one of those people got fucking oh, yeah. slaughtered. Yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah. Huh. I mean, was what like was the were the Cardassians gonna keep them there? You know, because the they only reason <clears throat> they kept left and say there was as like an act of good faith. It yeah. seemed like. Yeah. And there was very little good faith. Well, I think the idea was they all turned into Maquis and rose up or something. No, the ones that weren't killed. Maybe. Anyway, I'm going to say, being a little bitch in Rascals. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, his brain had probably been fucked up, but... No, it was still very much him in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Hmm. And he just like I don't know. He just came off as a as a panty waist. I want to see my daddy Riker now, now, now. Yeah, well, and that was like part of a ruse, so that's fine, I guess. But just like I don't know, didn't care for the actor that they got. No, you know, didn't work for me. Bad Picard. And then actually, I take it back. Relocating Native Americans may not have been the worst thing he did. Oh, it was definitely Rascals then. The worst thing he did. Was the fucking dune buggy antics and nemesis? <laughs> I have so many moments from Nemesis on my list. It's going to be absurd. Oh anyway, boy! There we go, Caitlin. It's pretty uncool how he killed Junior's mom and Galaxy's child. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, a brand new species. Pew pew. Whoopsies. Now we're its mommy. I know it's not really his fault, but uh, Locutius was a real piece of shit and did a lot of war crime. Locutus? uh, What did I say? Locutius. (laughs) Yeah, I meant Locutus. (laughs) Loquacious. (laughs) Facetious. No, yeah. And uh, then he was kind of a dick to Cisco (laughs) 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 when he finally met him. I thought Cisco was kind of a dick to him. Yeah, Cisco was a dick to Picard. I think card gave it back in kind picard earned yeah, it yeah but <laughs> he was he was upset he was possessed by borg i know yeah, I, just, I know but I, so. I just you know it's more fun <laughs> to be difficult fun. and yeah that time that he was a child was terrible <laughs> have to agree oh but uh didn't he uh actually wait a minute in all seriousness didn't he like guilt that one character into going to her to her, to her death oh was it cedo uh, jackson or whatever it was cedo wasn't it is that yeah. right? Is that yeah. the one you're thinking Jackson. of? Yeah. Must be, yeah. Yeah. So oh, that kind of sucks. Up. I mean, I don't... I mean, he didn't know. But, was, you know. Was, he didn't know she was going to die necessarily, but he, he was... Uh, so, okay, just to segue, this is the number one on my list. Guilting Cedo Jackson yes. into that mission. He definitely guilted her into that he mission. He did. Regardless insanely... of if he knew she would die or not. It's like, I'm, you, I'm, you're doing this because you have to make it up to me in specifics. Because look what I did for you. You hung out with Wesley once. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my number one is Cedo Jax. I have never forgiven him for that. Number three on my list had also been Johnny fucking Prime Directive Picard being like the best way to search for these signals on this pre-industrial world is to just boop on down in broad daylight and dune buggy to hell and back. (laughs) And let's just start shooting. (laughs) What the fuck cultural contamination bullshit is this, John? What the actual fuck? And number two, I am actually going to say telling Wesley to shut up. Because that time (gasps) Wesley was right. Whoa. I mean, that's the whole point of Wesley is everyone always tells him to shut up and he's always right. But that like that's the famous one. Everyone highlights. It's like, but that he was right. It was lore. You idiot. Oh, right. Lore. Yeah. Wesley was like, guys. That's why he was objecting. I'm pretty sure something's wrong. I have something important to say. But for once he did. So yeah, Doom Buggy, Wesley, Cedo Jackson. Now I'm conflicted about the Wesley moment. <laughs> I mean, it's not on my my bad list, but um, I do have some fucking trash on my list. Now let's 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 knock off more Nemesis while we're here. Uh, I have two moments. I'll only I'll, I'll pick one, but I'm gonna tell you both of them anyway. The one that's gonna definitely go on the list is how fucking conflicted he was about the whole Shinzon thing, because the whole fucking movie long, it's like. Oh, Shinzon is me. And it was like, no, he's not. Here's other examples of things that look like other things that aren't the same. <laughs> Picard, no. I mean, if they had maybe but it's made me. it more explicit that, like, maybe it's because he's still kind of stung over the fact that he's the last Picard. Oh, that didn't come up at all. It didn't. It never That's even still from to me generations. Told. No, yeah. they don't remember that. It was ages ago. Like, maybe if that had been part of it, it's like, oh my god, it's, it's a way to kind of sort of maybe save the line that I feel guilty about dying with. But mm. yeah, no, he should not have maybe, been conflicted. Well, you know, he can always, he's he's still a young man. He could have a, he could have a, 
a child with with someone and oh, that boy. would have that would have well, the last name Picard. I'm very glad you're not. The great news is is as long as he's alive, he can keep pumping out kids. He should adopt. Matter about his age. He should just adopt that shitty mountain climber boy. Oh yeah, he came just around actually, eventually. Mountain climber boy. Yeah, just actually make him his his son. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Go on. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I thought all all. All of that part of Nemesis, I remember doing so much yelling about when we covered it, and god yeah. damn it, it has to make my list. The other smaller moment from Nemesis I just want to bring up while we're here, while we're shitting on Nemesis, as we tend to do, as yep. I tend to do. He orders Worf when the, for the wedding ceremony on Beta Z to go oh, naked yeah. when Worf said he didn't want to be naked, and I'm never going to forgive Picard for that because it should be a person's choice. That's true. That's true. And I'm, I'm really fucking, I really hate when captains do that, where they fucking make an order that they have no right to be making. No, yeah, yeah like order Cito to her death, order Worf to strip. What the fuck is wrong with I you? I mean, he absolutely had the right to order Cito to her death. Well, like, okay, uh, to be fair, he didn't order her to her death. Yeah, it wasn't the, and it wasn't, even if it, if it was just an order, that's one thing. I think the pro- thing that people yeah, have problems with is that it was a guilt her. trip. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a voluntary mission, but I'm going to tell you it's a voluntary mission after I've laid all this at your feet. Yeah, and we but, do learn. Yeah, I agree with Worf. Yeah. We learn yeah. in uh, that book series, Imzadi, it is optional. God Being naked is optional. Sure, the uh, Betazoids will to, do I it. I still have to read Imzadi. <gasps> I think you'll like it. I think, it's, I think you'll like it a lot, Caitlin. It's pretty good. Oh, I know I'm going to love it. It's just being able to read. <laughs> Poor illiterate it's hard, Caitlin. It's hard to read in this in being this disco uh, in this disco tech in which you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, no, it's not. She's, she's on no, a rogue it's not planet. Even. It's it's just it's about ADHD. Like I sat down. I was recently sitting in a waiting room for three hours while someone had a procedure, and I had brought a book, and I was able to get through exactly the introduction, and was then like, I cannot possibly read any more book today. Like a waiting room reading just, does also suck. Well, it's just, well, it was my own book, but it's just, it's really... No, I, I mean, find, like, sitting uh, in a waiting room, it, it it's very distracting. It was pretty empty most of the day, thankfully. Oh, but that's good. At any rate, though, the point is, is it's more about my ability to sit still and read a book for a long time, not so much... Not the light situation that you see here. <laughs> there is light in the other... There, There is light in other parts of the house. Have you tried putting on one of those uh, night vision goggles? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I wish. Alright, but I have two more two more uh, Picard moments I gotta go over. One, doesn't fucking check up on Moriarty after putting him in nope. stasis or some shit. Nope, he does not. It's like, oh, I wonder what happened to you. Oh god, you're back! <laughs> well, they certain that's certainly a famous, like, thing for Star Trek to do. True. How about those people we dropped on that planet? Eh. Eh, SETI Alpha 5? That's probably fine. <laughs> Cisco definitely never sent anyone to check in on uh, zombie Kai Opaka. Nope. No, <laughs> no definitely not. not. She's dead and the... undead. And dead and undead. Janeway is Every the day. only one who had an excuse because she explicitly couldn't come back. Oh, for the lizard babies. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that, yeah. Very, last, very last stupid shit thing Picard did that I think I'd have to give him guff for. Comes from one of our least favorite episodes, Up the Long Fucking Ladder. Oh, God. Where he just... He decides for everyone, hey, Irish colony, your (laughs) women are going to bang all the clones to make make more people because they're out of people. And you're all going to be okay with it because I said so. And what is this? 
that? Wow, I mean, that's like I forgot about that. That is like straight up like weird sex cult shit. Like I'm in charge now. I say who fucks. Yeah, and the, the one woman is into the it. Irish. That's all. <laughs> Listen, we only saw the one girl who was really into it because she's like, "Oh, I get to be with eight men." Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna go up that long ladder if you know what I mean. I don't. I oh just, my god, that what is happening? That whole show is so lucky it didn't end right there because <laughs> in an alternate timeline, Colomini burned the sets down overnight. Mm. <laughs> he went, fuck it, fuck it, it's not worth it. This isn't fucking worth it. You know what, he, he was he was going to destroy the set, but he would have had to climb up to, to the to a catwalk, and he would have had to gone up a really long ladder to do that. <laughs> Kaylin, you'll be, you might be interested to know that there is an Imzadi audiobook narrated by Johnny Troy? Franks. Ooh, by Jonathan Franks? I like Johnny that. Franks. Oh, shit. That's pretty well, sexy. That's very sexy. I would, I, that does interest me. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> uh, another uh, honorable mention. Yeah. Bad, bad Picard. I wanted to man- make a, uh, make mention of this honorable mention that I'll mention right now. Getting in a fucking bar fight and getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good look for you, Picard. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to wrap this up with a an honorable stroke dishonorable mention. It is simultaneously. Oh, is it on best. both lists? It is the best and worst thing Patrick Stewart has ever done in Star Trek. Perfect. I love it already. And it, and it will be our one example from Picard. Okay. So, spoilers for season one of Picard. That fucking French accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it. I hate it. It's the best. It's the worst. I mean, Fair dead enough. Language, so. Oh, let's say anything from Descent. What did he Which do in Descent? Descent? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I said Descent. I meant... um. Fuck, what's the one? I can't remember the name of it. The what one where it? he goes undercover with the Gambit. pirates. Oh. Gambit, that's the one. That he was, was a... fine in Gambit. He was fine, but that episode is so dumb. <laughs> yeah, the episode was <laughs> it's dumb. It's one of Chris's favorite episodes. <laughs> oh, God, here's what's dumb. Him somehow <laughs> not knowing anything about Risa? Hmm, he was faking it. He was faking yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> there is no way. That... Like most of the women on Risa. <laughs> okay, one of my... He didn't even know how to use that Horgon. One of my joke ones in Times Squared when he just goes and kills the other him and doesn't tell anybody about it. So he just lets, I think it was Pulaski and O'Brien just walk in on a dead him in cargo bay. And, and he still wouldn't kill Shinzon. Like, no. on, right? You are, you're, you're a fucking master at this by now, bro. You already killed yourself. Aired. Oh, well. Isn't it great reminiscing about Star Trek that was good? <laughs> Well, we also reminisced about Nemesis. Well, <laughs> but the thing, like Nemesis, Nemesis is contemporary with the with the Star Trek Enterprise that we're watching. That's true. Oh my god! It's uh, just a bad a, era. It was a dark time. The yeah, early, no the wonder. No wonder after these ended, there was no Trek for a while. Is there a chance that next week we could get our hands on some relief when we look at acquisition? And Oasis. I'm excited about acquisition. Wait, I thought, I thought you were going to make a make a Beyond Belief reference because next week we're also going to be covering William Riker. That Yay. too, but no, I was playing on the titles. But yes, uh, acquisition, Oasis, and everyone's favorite Bill, 
which they call him, what, twice in the course of the entire fucking series, I think. Something like that, yeah. So join us then. As always, follow us on the SoundCloud and the Facebook and whatever else. Uh, hey, if your podcast app lets <laughs> you, fucking review us for shits and giggles. Yay! Five stars. Five stars. Uh, yeah, five or ten or whatever metric it uses, you know, give however us... However many stars you can give us, give us those. However many bottles sticker. on Untapped. Crocodile <laughs> sticker. Uh, <laughs> we should have called ourselves five stars to steer her. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, check out the Tumblr to see not just this, but all of our previous character go-overs and fan fictions and articles and all kinds of things, 90 fucking 9% of which comes from Ames. I like that uh, the outro to these episodes has gotten really sloppy because it feels like it fits Enterprise. You're like, <laughs> I don't know, find us on social media. Yeah, it. it's, it's a thematic choice, not it just me fucking like it up. It feels like it fits, you yeah, know? <laughs> no, it's, this is totally on purpose. Viewers, you can't tell it, but I've early 2000s, like, what's the word? Frosted tipped Frosted my tips. hair. <laughs> um, I have awful plastic chunky fucking props everywhere. Yeah, it's okay, awesome. Now, now do the class photo joke again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's photo day on the <laughs> NX1. This has been Chris. Cheese. This has been Ames. Oh, fuck. I blinked in that one. This is always Caitlin. And Frog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Someone's taking a picture. Fuck. Jake. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, what was, what was the episode with the Tuities? With what? The Tuities. What? The episode that had the Tuities. The Binars? No, no, no. The Tuities. Jake, explain your joke. We don't get it. The two of these what? Boobs? These nuts! Hey! Angels and ministers of grace defend Why? us. I don't know, because Caitlin said these nuts earlier, and I had to... Also say it. Fair enough. Good. That kind of. Don't worry, Jake. There's always room for D's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. um... So what you're saying then is uh, Captain's Holiday when we got a good shot of D's nuts. That's right. There you go. Well done.